Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! Happy Holidays, OTC listeners! Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. We are on episode 91, only nine more until the big episode 100. Woo! Party! Woo! You know, a part of me thinking that I should have like a champagne bottle where I can just like use that sound effects and go pop and the fucking thing just spills all over my equipment. But I ain't stupid and I'm not trying to ruin my extra hundreds and hundreds of dollars of all of this fine equipment that I have in my establishment. Plus, I don't drink. You know, if you didn't know that, I I don't know what to tell you. I just don't drink. It's something that I just don't do. Not because I don't like it. It's just I just don't do it. I don't drink. So, but I'll celebrate in my own way. You know, some diet soda and some hot and honey cheese doodles and some pizza and maybe some Chinese. You know, it's that moment where you want to celebrate and you just want to, you know it's unhealthy, but you just want to be fat. Like, you just want to be fat for one night. Let's just, let me just eat whatever the fuck I want to eat and let no one judge me. You know, remember that Louis C.K. joke from years ago? I know a lot of people don't like Louis C.K. because of the whole controversy thing, but remember a long time ago where Louis C.K. actually made a joke where he's like, that he can just have a donut and just walk away? And then someone's like, well, why don't you just eat the donut then? What's the big deal? You can just eat a donut. And he's like, yeah, fuck you. You just don't get it. That's how I feel. You know, let me just have some Mickey D's, some pizza, and some Chinese, and let me just go about my way. God damn, I'm actually pretty hungry now, so let me stop talking about food. <laughs> Today on the podcast episode is going to be a very interesting slash conver... Not conversational, well... It is conversational. Controversial. It's going to be very controversial because, let's be honest, Wonder Woman 1984, I gave my spoiler-free review on the last episode. This time, I want to get a little bit, not more in-depth, but I happen to see it two more times from Saturday till right now. And the first time I reviewed it, because if you remember... I did say that I saw the movie and gave my review right after seeing it the first time. So when I was talking about it and I was like really, really hyped and really enjoying myself, I didn't take the time to actually analyze a lot of the problems that the movie had. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hypocritical. I'm not, you know, changing my mind. If anything, I'm just going to change my grade, and I'm going to explain about that a little bit more in detail later on in the episode, but let's just say I turned my brain on, and I actually saw a lot of the problems this movie had, and there will be some slight spoilers if you still have not seen it. I do apologize. Please go see it, then come back, and then listen to what I have to say, but aside from that, Nothing really major changes of what how I truly feel, if that makes any sense. I saw the movie three times in total. I still enjoyed it. It's just there were a lot of problems, and I feel like I need to talk about that. Also, towards the second half of the episode, somehow 
some way, Captain Marvel all of a sudden started trending on Twitter. And I have my hunch as to why that is the case. So, if you agree with me in what I'm about to say, kudos. If not, hey, it's just my two cents. It is my opinion. All that plus our superhero quote of the day. But first, like we always do about this time, let's get the shoutouts out of the way, shall we? And today is December 28th, which means it marks the 98th birthday of the great Stan the Man Lee. And I know some people are probably pissed off. Not wouldn't say pissed off, but tired of me mentioning his name on the podcast a lot. But hey, he is the father of Marvel. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't even have half of the awesome superhero content that we have. And the fact that he was born December 28th, 1922, today marks the 98th, his 98th birthday that we would celebrate if he was still with us. But he is resting in eternal power. And once again, I just want to say thank you to Stan Lee. Thank you to his family. Thank you to everything, what he's done for us, what he's done for his legacy. This guy will forever be remembered even way after we are gone, where I'm gone and you're gone. He is a myth, not the myth, no, he is a a legend and his legacy will continue to go on. So just a quick shout out to him, Stan Lee, continue to rest, you are fucking awesome. I really, really wish that I had the chance to meet you. Even if I had to go through that black screen, I told the story a bunch of times at New York Comic Con and the fact that he was three feet away from me, three feet. I just really wish that I had a chance to meet him. I really did. But rest in power, rest in eternal peace. You are fucking awesome. We all love you. You'll always be missed and never be forgotten. That's all we have for the shoutouts. Let's dive into Wonder Woman 1984. More reviews and a little bit about Captain Marvel. That comes up right in a bit. Now, just a reminder, I want to point out that everything that I'm about to say does not change the fact of how I feel about this movie. Because even though I saw it three times in total from Saturday to now, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it, and I think that was the major thing that I knew that I had to come away from. You know, it'd be different if you see a movie, you loved it at first, and then you end up hating it. Or if you listen to other people's perspectives, they have their own opinion, and it's always good for you to have yours. And if for any reason you change it, that's okay too. But for me, I still enjoyed the movie. However, now that my brain was on, and I watched it two more times, I have to talk about a few of the things that really, really made me feel... Uh, I honestly don't like that. First, let's start off with the pros. Everything that I liked about the movie, I still enjoyed. The chemistry between the characters was spot on. I love the chemistry between 
Wonder Woman and Chris Pine's character, Steve Trevor. I love the dynamic between those characters. A little bit of a, I wouldn't say rivalry, but it was more of a, an envious type relationship between Cheetah, which her name is Barbara Minerva, and Diana Prince. I like that dynamic. I enjoyed the characters' performances, including Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal's performance as Max Lord was probably my favorite out of this entire movie. He's over the top, yes, but at the same time, it works with him. It works on the fact that he can take almost any acting role and nearly turn it into gold. He's one of my favorite actors now. Ever since I saw him as Oberyn from Game of Thrones, he knocks this role out of the park. And there were a couple of things that just didn't make any sense in terms of him being all flamboyant. Not flamboyant, but, you know, eccentric and over the top. And he's, you know, he's a, he's a TV personality. He's, he's a guy that has to put his ego out there. And then there were times where he would, like, cower in fear. But then he would turn around and he's, like, the more power he gets and the hungrier that he gets. And then he blatantly turns around and tries to save his son. I get there were some confusing moments, but once again, his performance, just fucking brilliant. I love the color correction of the 1980s feel. All of the colors popped. I love how bright and vibrant it was, especially for a DC Comics film, which up until now, we always depicted it as dark and gritty and dull or realistic. But then ever since Shazam... Now we're getting into the territory where it doesn't have to be dull and dark. It could it could still have serious moments, but you know, the colors can still be vibrant, especially with the time setting they were in. In this case, obviously, 1984. And the fact that we had that nostalgia feel, which we got also from Stranger Things, it also worked within this movie too. And also what I did enjoy, which I didn't talk about, or at least I rarely talked about in the last episode, her flying. After she got her powers back from, by the way, slight spoilers, as I said earlier. After she got her powers back from relinquishing her wish in terms of her giving back Steve Trevor. And then she jumps extremely high, then she begins to fly. It kind of reminded me of what Superman did with the Man of Steel. And some people didn't really feel anything. I actually felt a little something. Like, I felt, holy shit, this is an actual great superhero moment. The fact that even though I did question on whether she could fly at the ending of Wonder Woman, the first film, but you know what? Whatever. She can fly now. And again, it it reminded me so much of the Man of Steel where Superman began to fly for the first time and that Hans Zimmer score was in the background. That was tremendous to me. And I enjoyed that moment a lot. I really, really did. You know, if there's a way for me to replay it on YouTube after certain scenes gets uploaded there, I would watch that scene again and again because it was heartfelt. And even though some people say it wasn't really earned, it led up into that because there was foreshadowing where the two characters, Steve and Diana, was in the plane and he said it. He's like, flying is easy. You know, you become one with the wind and air and you just ride with it. So that's one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie and I really, really enjoyed that moment a lot. So the pros, nothing changed about the pros. 
Nothing changed at all. And I liked it. I really did. Now comes the cons. Some similarities and a few new things. The terrible CGI. Jesus Christ. Cheetah. When they... When they had a close-up shot of Kristen Wiig as Cheetah at the third act, I thought to myself, Jesus Christ, they could have made that so much better. For a film that's over $200 million as a production cost, I'm sure a lot of that went into the special effects and the visual effects. They could have made that so much better and they didn't and the fight scene was just horrendous it really was it was bad you could barely see anything I did say before that Hollywood has this trick where they do it over time that whenever they have a fight scene between a fake character or a fake person and a real person it does not look right at all so the CGI was just horrible not as bad as sci-fi CGI but it was still bad nonetheless. Number two, the lack of action that occurred in this film. When we remember Wonder Woman, what were the main two action set pieces that occurred that really, really hits you, not only emotional, but when you see it, you're like, fuck to the fuck, yes. It was No Man's Land, where Steve Trevor came to Diana and was like, listen, no man has ever entered. And she said something along the lines of, no, but I can or I will try or something along those lines. It's been a while since I've seen the film. And she helped the soldiers win the war or at least helped win that battle at that time. So the no man's land scene and the, I believe it's called the village of Veld. I believe that's what it's called, where she's inside the village and she's going through all the snipers and, and bullet fire and all this other shit that was going on in that first film. It was fucking amazing and the action was gorgeous. It flowed correctly. It was awesome. You felt like you wanted to be Wonder Woman. I didn't get any of that in this movie. Not one. I mean, yeah, there was a chase scene in the middle of the movie and there was the mall scene in the beginning but was it really as memorable as the two scenes that I just mentioned from the first film? Not really. And I think that is the part that disappointed me the most. Patty Jenkins is an awesome director. She's proven that with Wonder Woman the first one. And of course she directed this one. But I feel like it, it almost seems like the creators of the first film were not really the same as the creators of the second film. And I think I know why. I found out earlier today, Zack Snyder actually helped write the script for Wonder Woman, the first film. But it was Patty Jenkins that co-wrote the second film in this one. Ugh. She's a great visual storyteller. I would not say that she's a great writer herself and I could be wrong I could be wrong I'm only judging it based on what I've seen again there were no memorable scenes with the exception of Wonder Woman flying that really really hit hard or hit home to me where it was supposed to be action set pieces there just weren't any and I think that is the part that I was disappointed the most 
Another thing that I didn't like about the film, there were so many plot conveniences that just did not make any fucking sense. And I wasn't as detailed in the last episode about this, but I am going to now. I just had a bunch of fucking questions, and I'm only just going to name a few. Number one, how did Steve Trevor was able to come back in a random dude's body? They have no connection. It, like, his entire consciousness and his memories was just implanted in this guy. Like, a, like the fucking Matrix. How the fuck was that able to happen? If the Wishing Stone or this plot device, if the, if the Dream Stone is able to grant you any wish you want, and she wished for Steve Trevor to come back, why did he come back in a random guy's body? And then, what about that random guy's personal life? What about his job? What about his personal family? What about, you know, whatever stuff that he had to do? Like, he was literally plucked out, and Steve Trevor was just in this random guy. So to everyone else, he is that random guy, but to us, the audience, and to Diana, he's Steve Trevor. And I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? And there was no explanation. We just had to accept it. So that shit was fucking confusing. The second one. And this is at the end. How was Wonder Woman. Was able to use her lasso. Something that has never happened before. How was Wonder Woman able to use her lasso. To communicate with the entire world. Through the villain on his leg. How the fuck did that happen? Like. Is she able to use the power of the lasso, the lasso of truth for everyone to see how it is? And there's some kind of telecommunication with these particles through the satellite. I was just blown away. Like the first time I saw it, I just accepted it. And then the second two times I'm like, wait, that does not make any fucking sense. How the fuck did that happen? The lasso can do that now. So that shit was just confusing. Third thing. So the world was about to end, which was a a good moment that I saw where we actually saw the most extreme of humanity. So the world was about to end, and this was 1984, towards the ending of the Cold War. Why was this not a historical event? Not the Cold War, but the literally the world was about to end, and nobody had any repercussions whatsoever. Not the villain, not the president that wanted more nuclear weapons, not anybody else that was trying to shoot weapons at the enemy and them shooting or returning fire against each other. There were no repercussions whatsoever. Like, everyone relinquishes their wish, and then we're back to normal. So, that just blew my fucking mind. Again, all of these problems I just did not think about in the first film, and it took two more times for me to analyze this. Even though I enjoyed it, I can still say this movie had a lot of issues. When I reviewed this movie the first time, I gave it an 8 out of 10. But as you can tell from listening to me, I was struggling from giving it a 7.5 to an 8. My final verdict, I'm going to give this movie a 7. I feel like this movie could have been way better if it was directed by by Patty Jenkins, directed the same, but written by someone else. Maybe Zack Snyder again, or maybe another writer. It could have been written by someone else. The storytelling could have been a lot better. 
or at least maybe some things could have been taken out of. Because this movie was two and a half hours long. I don't think it really needed to be two and a half hours long. It could have been two hours, maybe 2.15 at best. That's just my personal viewpoint. So my final verdict, giving it a 7 out of 10, that's just how I feel. It's just how I feel. But now this correlates to Captain Marvel. All of a sudden, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, I don't know when this started. All of a sudden, Captain Marvel and Brie Larson just started trending worldwide on Twitter and other forms of social media. And then I thought to myself, wait, why? I was so confused. Why all of a sudden Captain Marvel is trending after the weekend of Wonder Woman 1984? It didn't make sense to me. At first I thought, hold on, is this the two-year anniversary of Captain Marvel when she made her MCU debut? Um, no, because when she made her debut, it was March 8th of 2019. And we're late December, heading into a new year, 2021. So, it could not have been a two-year anniversary because that's just not accurate. It's just not true. So, why the hell all of a sudden Captain Marvel is trending now? And then, I thought about it. And I went on Twitter And I triggered a lot of people. Oh my god, did I trigger a lot of people. And I realized, and and I could be completely wrong. I could be completely wrong in what I'm about to say. This is simply my perspective. If you agree with me, fine. If you don't, just hear me out. I believe the hardcore Captain Marvel fans or anti-DC Comics fans was hoping for Wonder Woman 1984 to fail. I believe that because the timing that all of a sudden Captain Marvel started trending right after the weekend of Wonder Woman 1984, it is not coincidental. It is not. I don't know if it was planned. No, it, it must have been planned because all of a sudden this just popped up out of nowhere. And I find that extremely sad and, and extremely abysmal at best. I really, really do. And for those of you that are listening to this, that are thinking to yourself, well, Garcia, you hate Captain Marvel, so why can't we do the same? No, 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 no. I hate Captain Marvel the movie after it was already shown to me. Before Captain Marvel was premiering and made her debut, I was in all... I was all for Captain Marvel to do extremely well. She was the co-main event to Avengers Endgame. The same way Black Panther was the co-main event to Avengers Infinity War. It was such a monumental thing that happened that represented African American culture to its finest. Represented the power of powerful women. It it represented so much and it was bigger and the storyline worked. Captain Marvel did not work to me. It didn't. And I'm not going to continue beating up a dead horse to a bloody pulp here. Because you know what my reasons are in me not liking the film. Now, do I hate Brie Larson as a person? Absolutely not. I enjoyed her in Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. I enjoyed her as the supporting character or the side character for 21 Jump Street. I liked her in all other variations of films and media. I really do. Do I watch her YouTube channel? Hell no. I got better shit that I gotta do. 
and I'm not bored enough to watch another actor or actress making more money from YouTube when they're already worth over a million to a billion dollars. I have no time for that. I really don't. That's just me. I really don't. Do I think Captain Marvel is a huge role model and an inspiration to young women and children? 100%. I mean, hell, that movie made over a billion dollars at the global box office, which means they did something right. Even though the movie to me was not good, they did something right. And you can see pictures of people wearing the Captain Marvel suit and wearing the shirt and wearing the colors and, 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 and representing Captain Marvel in its finest. Hell, this Halloween, just a couple months ago, my own girlfriend, my sunflower, dressed up as Captain Marvel while I dressed up as Captain America. I had no problem with it whatsoever. I like that we dressed up as comic book characters. So am I hating on Brie Larson and Captain Marvel as a person? No. Do I hate the movie? Absolutely. Because it just did not work for me. It really didn't. And to me, I find it fucking sad that a lot of the people that wanted Wonder Woman 1984 to fail really need to check themselves in the mirror. They really, really do. Because in their way, it's like saying, haha, you know, uh, uh, it's like it's like they're waiting in the wings and they just want to be like, haha, your movie sucks. Ours is awesome. Game over. You lose. Or something along the lines of, oh, we have the superior female led comic book movie. You don't. So fuck you. We win. It, it just it's mind boggling to me. It really did. And for those of you that say to me, oh, you're a hater, you're a Captain Marvel hater, you're a troll, you're, I'm, I'm whatever. You can call me whatever the fuck you want. But the reality is this. If you have a good movie, we're going to praise it. If you, had a, if you have a bad movie, we're going to critique it. That's just the way it is. It does not matter if it's led by a male, if it's led by a female, or whatever the case may be. Because let me tell you, there are plenty other of female-led films that I fucking enjoyed. You don't believe me? Alien and Aliens. Great sci-fi masterpieces from the 1970s, my guy. 1970s. Fucking loved them. Alien Resurrection, not so much. Kate Beckinsale with the Underworld series, with the Underworld films. Or Mila Jovovich for the Resident Evil films. I'm a huge fan of those films. Hated their last couple. For some odd reason, I felt like the directors and the, the, the screenwriters, I felt they were fucking lazy. And there's no shame for me to admit that. So... Once again, do I hate Brie Larson? Do I hate Captain Marvel? The person? No. Do I hate the film? Yes, I do. Because, to me, it just did not settle or was up to par as much as I wanted it to. And if it worked for you, congratulations. I'm happy for you. It did not work for me. So this leads to the last question, which essentially is the title of this podcast episode. Is Wonder Woman 1984 better or worse than Captain Marvel? And I'm going to tell you, that's an extremely hard question for me to answer. Both films have flaws. Both films have their strengths. Where... 
It could be screenwriting. It could be storytelling, retcons. Oh, that's another thing that I want to talk about retcons real quick before I continue on. Wonder Woman had a retcon within it of herself. Because if you remembered from Batman v Superman and Wonder Woman, the first film, she did say, and even Justice League, she did say that she had to disappear after the events of the war because she wanted to escape the horrors of mankind. And then all of a sudden, Wonder Woman 1984, we see her in a mall, which means she is known by other people, whether they know her name or not, they know who she is. And this was the 80s. So that in and of itself is a retcon and does not continue on with the storyline that we fucking know from the movies. But like always, we just have to fucking accept it. So both films have their own versions of their own retcons. And I think it comes to the fact that you have these screenwriters that did not pay attention to their last few films. And that bothers me. That really does. But to answer the question whether one is better than the other, that's not an easy question for me to answer because it's such a subjective point of view. It really, really depends on how you truly feel. Which character or which film affected you personally? Which film affected you emotionally? Which one can you truly relate to the most? I can give you... 10 reasons in terms of why Wonder Woman 1984 is way better than Captain Marvel. The same way I can have a guy or a girl or whoever can tell me 10 specific reasons why Captain Marvel is so much better than Wonder Woman 1984. To me, they're neck and neck. They're neck and neck in a race on being equally as bad. It just so happens I enjoyed 1984 a bit more than Captain Marvel. So, however you want to answer that question, it's completely up to you. It's completely up to you, and again, it's a subjective point of view. And that's all there is to it. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you agree with me in any way or if you disagree with me in any way and if you want to hit me up personally or if you want to go to our Facebook group OTC Fanatics and you want to curse me out and you are a diehard Captain Marvel fan, by all means, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, hit me up. OTC Fanatics for our Facebook group or Mike Garcia VO on my Twitter or Instagram and we can have a genuine, genuine conversation about this. And maybe you can help me to see why Captain Marvel was better than 1984. And I can help you in seeing why they're nearly neck and neck in terms of being good and or being bad. And that's it. We can have a civilized conversation. Because I understand why Captain Marvel is so great to everybody else. The film didn't portray this correctly, but I had someone actually coming to me on my Twitter feed and did say that, you know, she represents the type of person where if you get knocked down and you get back up, even though they were form of flashbacks, or that Captain Marvel should not be controlled or manipulated by other people, 
even though she was a strong person at first and is still a strong person at the end, that all she needed to do was just remove her implant. So, again, maybe I can have an expert come to me and we can have a 45-minute, an hour conversation about this. And guess what? I welcome it. I really do. I spoke on for way too long. We're already past the 30-minute mark. So let's end this podcast episode with this, our superhero quote of the day. And because this is Stan Lee's birthday, it's only important that I talk about Stan Lee and the quote from himself personally. That person who helps others simply because it should or must be done and because it is the right thing to do is indeed, without a doubt, a real superhero. And my reaction to that is this. Do the right thing because it's right. That is the only reason you need. To do what is right, to help others, to do what is right for your family, to do what is right for your friends. That's what makes you a true hero. Doing the right thing, always try hard, and always move forward. Once again, if you don't remember from the last podcast episode, I did say that... On New Year's Eve, I am going to do a live podcast episode on my Instagram, Mike Garcia VO, and I will be doing free giveaways on art that I've collected. I'm trying to push for 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm trying to push for 3 p.m. Eastern Time because later on that night, I'm going to go and celebrate New Year's Eve with my family and my friends. So that's what I'm pushing for. I will make an official announcement about it on my Twitter page, on my Instagram page. So be on the lookout December 31st, a live podcast episode. And what will we talk about? Oh, we are going to be looking back on 2020 and all the comic book content that occurred. Oh, we're going to be doing some reminiscing. We're going to laugh. We're going to somewhat cry. Not really, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm pushing for 3 p.m. It's going to be an hour long. If for any reason the time changes, I will let you know. So with that being said, happy holidays once again. Take great care of yourself. And tune in Thursday night for that live episode. And always remember, in the world of comic book news, games, TV shows, whatever the case may be, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it. See you Thursday. Stay safe. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.